Hey everyone, and welcome to Tax Day, people. It's episode <laughs> 41 of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. Thanks to all the loyal fans and tots for tuning in. It is Wednesday, July 15th, so I hope you filed your extension today. And if you did, I'm kind of judging you. I'm mm. Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my friend who is now a year older and a year wiser, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me, and I have sent in my tax forms. Did you just do it recently? No, it's been done. Okay, yeah. I was like, yeah. I did mine in like January, yeah, February. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you would need an extension on July 15th. I don't know, but... Are you ready to break down the IRS tax code for the next hour, my friend? Here we go, peeps. Let's get it! It's the weekly catch-up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci. How they deep in they bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. So quick disclaimer right off the top. If I sound a little hoarse, it's because B-Red had a birthday. Mm. We're so glad. Thanks, man. I shouted a lot over the weekend, and it's led people to think that I now have COVID, which is problematic. And I'll be honest, man. It's now Wednesday. We had your little um, bash on Saturday night. Yep. I have spent the last like three or four days like, ah, yeah, I got COVID that night. Like That was (laughs) dumb. (laughs) Like Just kind of like with this fear, this irrational... Like I took Motrin for the first time in a while today and yeah, you know, any little creak or crick in your neck and you're like, oh, oh that's it. I got the COVID. I'm just like, I got the 19. Googling symptoms, you know, yeah. <laughs> you got a bad trip to the bathroom. You're like, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> you hit WebMD and you're like, oh, I'm dying. Like, I have I'm, multiple. I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> pregnant, have cancer. Yo, shout out to everybody that came through. That was a fun yeah, time, man. That was awesome. Uh, I got to see literally, Gavin and his wife for the first time in forever. Yeah, literally every person that I invited showed up. So that was it was great to see all of my Dallas friends mingling with my Fort Worth and Keene friends. And um, Courtney, she hadn't met a lot of the people here in Dallas, like John, Sarah, Shelly, Checkers, Grizz, all of them. And so uh, that was really important for me. Uh, for them to be able to meet but yeah it was a great time i I hope everybody else had fun it was important for me too once i realized that they still hadn't met like (laughs) i always channel my experience and project it onto others so because typically like if i'm out in a group it's likely that grizz is going to be there or Mm -hmm. shelly's going to be there so the fact that they all hadn't met was kind of wild to me right um just because i guess of the dallas folks like i know her definitely the most well but yes for sure i would say it was great to see alec and mm-hmm. gerald and everybody but um and no offense to anybody that i saw but getting to rekindle the old spark with bro george rosa, yeah, La rosa. was uh probably the most like meaningful reconnection for me mm-hmm. just because i think we both kind of had this like sheepish grin where it was like man we should do better <laughs> like, <laughs> because i asked him i was like yeah. was the last time i saw you when we were both living in maryland Dude. And if so, that's a problem because, you know, it feels like yesterday, but that was like seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, that was like when, 2012, 2013? 2012, 2013. Okay. So he was living in um, Silver Spring. Yeah, shout out. That's where I was. When I was in Beemore. So he and I would go out in Fed Hill. We actually went out with Monique and Joseph and some yeah, of those yeah, people yeah. in Bethesda. Mm-hmm. 
um that's where they like to hang yeah yeah um and george was still living up in maryland and so actually uh me coming in uh yeah it was like the first week of living in maryland he was actually moving back to texas and so uh i had intercepted him and we got brunch and everything and obviously now we both live back here and um i see him pretty much every other week every three weeks maybe um, I thought the story was that he actually just came back from Maryland again recently, um, like with six months ago, maybe. No, 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 two years ago. Uh, he so he, he moved out to Cali, but oh, then, that's right. That's but right. then COVID hit, and they were like, "Sorry, okay. we can't hire you," and so he had to move back. Because it was one of those things where, like, you know, we just saw each other and paused yeah. and a big hug and all that. Um, but then it was like a wait I, between all the social media posts and what I've heard through the grapevine, like what where have you been for the last five yeah, years yeah, like yeah. have we seen each other because it it's one of those friendships that you just the the friendships that are super easy to rekindle mm-hmm. you know you have a hard time placing how long ago something was and right. then you just feel kind of guilty because you're like we have such great <laughs> yeah. chemistry for talking once every five years right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> we could make this work more but yeah it was fun uh Manati, tosh mm-hmm. um just the whole crew man yeah it was it was a wonderful weekend we're filled with all of my loved ones, my 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 good old pals. So, John and Sarah were the only ones that came through with masks, and I I kind of gave John a little bit of uh, just made fun of him, but <laughs> at the same time, there was definitely a part of me that was like, Damn, "Yeah, I should have put yeah. my mask on," like because right. I brought masks because I didn't know yeah. what to think or what to expect. Yeah, I think several people brought some. I had I had I even brought one to my car just in just in case everybody else would, I didn't know how the vibe would be. The hard part is that whenever you're eating or drinking, uh, yeah. you know, you can't have a mask on and I did both. Right. So, and it's, so like, it's like at that point, the mask off, we're, we're all eating together. So shout Ooh. out to fuzzy's taco shop. Yeah. For that was delicious. Catering that thing. Shout that out was... to Courtney for putting all that together. Yeah. Thank you, Courtney. Um, yeah, that food was bomb. Everybody left and I ate a lot more. <laughs> it was, uh, so fast forward to Monday, um, I get on, my voice has healed up a lot. Like I was not, I had almost lost my voice completely on Monday yeah. and I talk for a living. So, you know, nine to five plus this. Love so, it. um, I was like really raggedy by the time I got into my one-on-one with our president, mm-hmm. um, which is Mondays at 5 PM. So I was hoarse. Yeah. It was the first day of the week back on coffee, all of that. Um, and my voice was just raspy and gone. And so I'm like, hello. And <laughs> he's kind of like, how was your weekend? <laughs> Cause he's been a very yeah. socially distanced. He's still going to the grocery store every other week, taking his shoes off and like mm-hmm. wiping down the CPG in the bags before putting it in the freezer yeah. type status. Nice. Um, so he's, he's using that time to get ahead on a lot of different work projects that mm-hmm. he's doing. And so then I just felt very guilty and judged and just like, <laughs> the disparity between how different people are handling what we're currently going through is almost problematic socially. And I've seen various instances, uh, no, nothing bad has happened to me interpersonally Mm -hmm. or even at work, but I've, I've seen friends drop out of social events due to work. Yeah. And we had somebody drop out of one of the bachelor parties because his work is having some sort of all hands, on I think it's like the day that we were supposed to get back from one of them. Okay. And they had gotten like an edict essentially that if you come down with COVID, 
and you like traveled or you were out doing doing the stanky leg or <laughs> going to bars or whatever is going on, yeah. you'll be terminated. Like, Ooh. yeah, like there was no if, ands, or buts. Yeah, so it's not like uh, you need to quarantine. It's like you're gone. Yeah, you need to quarantine with another company. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Socially, so, social distance yourself away from us forever. Uh, professionally distance yeah. <laughs> yourself away from us. And I was like, yo, that's kind of heavy handed. Thanks, communist China. But at the same time, you know, our president was making a very valid point not to sell out all the work secrets here, but you know, he's like, if a mission critical person on a small team goes down and creates a bottleneck for, you just don't know. Yep. He, he made the perfect point that, you know, we all could catch COVID. The mortality rate is not bad. However, whether you're asymptomatic or you have like life altering scarring on your lungs and you just go through it for a couple of weeks and it's like one of the most terrible things you've gone through is a total luck of the draw, it would appear. Yeah. That being said, even with this huge uptick in cases and all of this, like I read Clay Jenkins' Twitter every day where he talks about the deaths and it is always a woman in her 60s who was already critically ill in the hospital, um, who was already mm -hmm. like terminally ill, you know. Uh, a man in his 80s he was already critically ill <laughs> like, yeah well yeah i mean not that it that's everybody it definitely but. inflates the numbers it definitely inflates the numbers but i don't know i'm in the camp that's like i'm gonna take precautions i'm not gonna be around people who don't like i'll wear a mask out in public even if i'm not forced to um the hard part is that Technically, what we did was wrong with the party because yeah. all it takes is one person who hasn't been practicing, who hasn't been wearing a mask when they should have been or whatever. And you come into an intimate experience like that where, you know, I hugged people. Well, that's, that was, that's another thing. Like even John and Sarah came in with masks, but like we still hugged. Like I still dapped up John, gave Sarah a hug. And then I thought afterwards, I was like, ah, man, I probably because I probably initiated it and I didn't catch myself in time, but you know, it, I don't know. It's like we, I don't know where I'm going with that, but other than I did not take the necessary precautions that I probably should have. Yeah. I, I'm not really saying that we did anything wrong, wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, the eyes. if, well, it's one of those things where let's say that uh, George Rosa came through and he had COVID and he was asymptomatic. And then we have a big reunion hug and like, you know, talk, Yeah, you know, there's music going on. There's other people milling around. So we're talking face to face, like spreading germs. Yeah. And he does that with every single person in the party. Like we could have been one of those statistics, like right. 20 kids go to a party, 20 kids Dude, contract. COVID. Have you heard about the kids like purposely trying to catch it? So yes, I, covid parties yes which i thought is what we had but no that's where they that's where they bring up yeah carrier. they purposely bring a carrier and then whoever like they put money in a pile and whoever catches it first gets the money oh yeah that's baller somebody no somebody <laughs> one of the kids i don't i'm assuming there's been multiple parties but i read a report where like one of the kids who went to one of those parties died <laughs> Like it, it was front page of CNN. So uh, I think there's been more than one, but yeah. yo, that's crazy. Yeah. Natural selection. Is that hilarious or sad? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm going to do my, I'm not going to poke fun at the dead. Man, but when you're 20, but whenever your purpose, like I was so, so dumb and angry and hormonal when I was 20. 
my ego is bigger than this closet, man. Yeah, you you guys, I mean, you've heard Carson for the past several episodes, but y'all, y'all don't know younger Carson. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> Thankfully, I now have my ego in check and my humility is top notch. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself. I got a big ego. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Did he drop out? Yeah, we'll get to that. Are we done with the COVID parties? Yeah, well, that's keep, insane. Keep that's insane. Um, so they only bring one person that they know has it. Like they had to have tested positive and have symptoms. I guess. Or their varying levels of COVID parties. Like we're going to an asymptomatic one on Saturday. Yeah, and then just <laughs> coughing all over each other. Like here there's going to be ventilators at Sunday's party. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, I'm going to get all this pile of money for getting it. It's like, well, put that towards your medical bills, I guess. So they think that they're going to come down with like rabid symptoms of COVID during the party's duration or they no, camp no. out for a while. I, I, I think they go to the party and then they go their separate ways. And oh, it's like, okay. I, now I have it. Okay. I thought that one, they're all in like a circle and one kid sneezes and he's <laughs> yeah. like, yes. And he grabs all the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Idiots. Dummies. Well, at least the kid that this died. Is, this is why we still need, this is why we still need school. <laughs> Well, I don't think we're going to get it. <laughs> like, No, 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 we are. Many states are, uh, I think, California, LA and, uh, LA and Oakland or somebody. I don't know. I, either way, we'll, we'll, we'll at least get, uh, you know, distance learning still. Have you seen the controversy with how New York, like New York had its first day without a COVID without a death, death? Yeah. On like Sunday, maybe, or I forget what day it was, but. Mm-hmm. Um, now Andrew Cuomo is kind of taken fire because he's he's either um, distributed or he's selling or for fundraising with or something a poster of them like going over the mountain of okay. COVID and that they're on the other side and like you know people are just saying that it's very self congratulatory and that they're not out of the woods and that also that he, only two governors. Or only the governors that made the decision to send the elder folks back to the nursing homes with COVID, mm-hmm. all of them were Democrats. And that literally contributed to a lot of those numbers that we've seen mm-hmm. were those old folks' homes that right. just got ravaged by this. Yeah. And so that decision they feel like is being glossed over. So by, they're saying like the poster or whatever um, is disingenuous, first of all. And then. Yeah. Right? Disingenuous, maybe even like dishonest okay. to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, they're like, what about okay. all the thousands of people in nursing homes that you killed? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't kill them, but you know what I mean? No, I get it. I do recognize the need for like some good news though. Like death after death after death. It's like, why don't we celebrate a little bit, you know, whenever we've made a milestone and like there hasn't been any reported deaths, but maybe it could have been handled in a different way. And, and I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, it's entering a really weird gray area and a, a new level of um, you're just reserved to the fact that like, I know life is not going back to normal this year, no. likely early next. Like they're saying that, first of all, I think let's talk about, Let's compare notes on this. I, right. I, I'm glad that I just recalled this because I've made mental notes about this this week. Okay. And I always forget stuff like this. Hit me. Um, some of these things, some of these changes, I think are great and they should stay. 
Like I walked yeah. into Lucky's Cafe the other day and they had, they, it's a really intimate cafe over here off Oak Lawn and they had new, like nice plexiglass with like black, um, mm -hmm. black, nice uh, frame uh, dividers for the booths that are normally very close to get like yeah. this created a new sense of ambiance. And they also had like these little kind of uh, shutters almost like little shutters on wheels that yep. were strategically placed between, you know, the intersection of four tables and it allowed for more tables in the restaurant. And it added to this sense of like, Hey, we could be in a movie right now. Like this feels <laughs> more like a, like you and I can just focus on what we're talking right. about and you can have a nicer meal and also, in looking back through the kitchen, because they have an open exposed, well, I took you there. Mm -hmm. um, they have the open exposed kitchen. I'm thinking, I'm looking at the chef that's likely making my food with a mask on that covers yeah. his nose. And I'm thinking, great, finally, for the first time in my life, like booger free food, you know? <laughs> right. Because you know, stuff has fallen in there. And yeah, you were wondering what happened to that special seasoning. Yeah. And like, I know things happen, like, but whatever, like hair boogers yeah. you know if somebody gleeks into your food or something <laughs> nasty it yeah. just makes my gag reflex kind of yeah. crop up but i remember thinking like well i want back of house to wear a mask all the time anyway mm -hmm. just moving yeah. forward yeah let's let's keep all these places at 75 percent capacity i don't know about that because the weight outside <laughs> under the awning and 100 degree heat is getting old uh yeah okay That's you fair. take it down to 50 percent capacity and it's like everybody's still going out yeah. for whatever reason but you know they can only seat half as many people right and with social distancing probably not even that many yeah um i i do like being at the grocery store and everybody has to you know stay on their marker and they can't be like right up against my neck yeah no nobody's hitting me with their buggies the other day i was in i think it was like a 7-eleven and uh i realized that i, I was feeling out, okay, this is the line, like, oh, oh down yeah. this aisle. And so I ended up going down the same aisle as the people that were standing. Mm -hmm. And there was only one person really left in the aisle that I had to like, go, go by. Yeah. And it was this girl and she kind of immediately sidestepped from her decal that she was dutifully standing on. Mm -hmm. She sidestepped the complete other side and kind of looked like inconvenienced or like, mm -hmm. I, I was ticked by it, bottom line. Then she walks to the counter and buys two packs of Pall Malls. And I was like, girl, like, what are you, you're distancing from me, but like, yeah. that's one of the worst things that you could probably be doing with a respiratory disease or whatever it is. Like, dude, yeah, I, I went into the gas station and I was wearing a shirt. It's an Under Armour shirt and it says Texas never backs down. And I went into this gas station without a mask. Like I was just in a hurry. I was just grabbing some water and I didn't think about it, but I get up to the register and the the registrar, she was like, see, that's what I'm talking. She was this old country lady. She's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, we don't need these damn masks. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> like, I just got put in this bunch with you. Like, <laughs> you're like, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hightailed it oh, out of wow. there. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's like I just got labeled. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, dude. <laughs> Don't mess with Texas is like a white supremacist thing. Oh, like, that's kind of <laughs> like I've I've never been bunched in. Like, I mean, I'm and obviously I'm not saying like she, she was racist for sure or anything, <laughs> um, but you know, you know, fits, for sure fits the mold. <laughs> uh, she was a candidate. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was in the group that they recruit from. <laughs> yeah, like if you know, you can you know when somebody's a, a Karen. You know, you you know when somebody. Dang man, way to be a racist prejudice 
not racist. Okay. I'm bigoted. Yeah, I'm being a uh, stereotype. Yeah. I'm just giving, I became a stereotype. You did? Well, yeah. She bunched me in with her. I, I, I would have worn my mask, but I didn't think about it. I had just gotten done with the gym, so I had taken it off and all that. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting yeah. times. Lots of COVID news. Uh, we had 67,000 new cases. Shout out yesterday. Shout out. Yesterday alone. Um, go hard or go home. Yeah. I'm hope we're going for a hundred. No, and today, nobody's maybe. going home. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people are, and there's been new restrictions and um, optimism within, I mean, I guess some travel. Like yeah. some, it all depends on who you are, man. And right. I think that the sad part is, is that, I think people are going to lose jobs and people are going to lose uh, relationships. People are going to lose friendships over, you know, what is your, how do you respond to this? With what level of care do you take? And if you don't see eye to eye on that, I've seen like quarrels and you see, we see these Twitter videos where Mm -hmm. it's like a Karen (laughs) at the front of whole foods and she's just yelling and I can't wear a mask. I'm allergic to it. Oh my goodness. You need to read the constitution. And you know, those are just attention fetching situations. Like man, the media just has done everything. I saw a post that said like grown men complaining about uh, wearing masks. Like, but they they do that whenever they go out to kill Bambi's mom. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's like you wore it all weekend, buddy. And you can't survive this target line. Um, I, I, I want your opinion, just your thoughts on it. So like I'm a teacher, right? And um, right now we're planning on opening our our schools and, you know, practicing social distancing. Like we're going to open up our gym and probably actually have some classes in there so we can space everybody out um, and use rooms that we really haven't before just to give people that option. And then also we're going to be trying to provide the option for students that are wanting to stay home, like still having those Zoom sessions, you know, while we're giving our lectures to the students that are present. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Just like be, just from being an outsider, like um, outsider looking in, do you think that schools should completely close and continue with this uh, distance learning? Or what do you think about that? <laughs> well, uh, if I'm putting my Dr. Fauci hat on. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably the least qualified person in the but world. That's why to I want to hear from you. It's going to be gold folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is what gets us canceled, baby. Uh, right. Um, dude, I think it's, I think it's difficult. Um, I don't think that it should be necessarily a federal mandate because I think that geography has a lot to do with everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a densely populated urban area, I think that more precautions for social distancing likely need to take place. Yeah. I think that if you're in a more remote area or rural area with students that, you know, are in, I guess they're not in a bubble. They're in a geo bubble to a certain extent, but you could still always go to Walmart, you know, and pick up anything. So, you know, should schools be open if the per capita, you know, case and death rate for that particular County is manageable on the way to a vaccine maybe they should open the schools yeah um i hear that it'd be great if you could it'd be great if we could kind of like you know pull people and teachers as well Mm -hmm. because you know i don't want to foresee the situation where 
Angela is a 24 year old brand new teacher. Uh, she's starting her second year. Her mm-hmm. first year got derailed with COVID. She's starting her second year, but she's freaked out about COVID. <laughs> and she feels like she's being put on because she's being forced to work in these unsafe conditions. And God forbid she gets it. Mm-hmm. What if it disillusions her dream to teach in the future? You hate to see those types of situations. So if we could get a pulse for, hey, 70% of kids want to go back, 70% of teachers want to go back. All yeah. right. The rest of you, 30% zoom it. Um, I think yeah. that what that also sets you up for, though, is that poor children will have to go because school is childcare. Yes. They know that you're at that school building from nine to three. And so they can go to work. Mm-hmm. And many people think that the real economy, like the real uh, level of focus from working professionals that are also parents mm-hmm. won't come back until school is back in session within those four walls. Yeah. And it's also not even poor families. It's also, you know, the, the ones that have like pre-K kindergarten kids, you know, you can't leave them alone at the house. Um, we have had parents saying that they're not going to bring our kids back if, if we're not in our classrooms. And so another thing that we have to look at is like a private school who is a smaller school to begin with. Um, you know, if we want to stay in business, we have like, we have to kind of cater to what the majority wants as long as it's legal. Um, so again, a religious private school is, um, the, the tuition is paid. Here's, here's something that, uh, let's just go into it. I shouldn't say this to you, but um, my perception sometimes has been that private religious school, you pay the tuition for the spiritual aura that's created sure. and the like-mindedness that you hope that your child is surrounded by. Uh, yeah, and, I don't, and I don't fostering think, of education. I don't think you're that. off in that at all. You don't pay for any uptick in real scholasticism. Like I think that if you look at a, a private generic school versus a private school, mm-hmm. the private generic school is likely to have a greater emphasis on the actual educational components and definitely athletics. Yes. I'll say that's fair, but I also will say as far as like private Christian schools um, and I'll lump in just regular private schools along with that against public schools, like the private schools are leagues ahead and test results like, um, and all of that. And so I'd like to lump in our school um, into that category as well and saying that, you know, our, our, we, we give our students a good education and the test results prove that. Now, do, does this sheet of paper where you, you received a high score, d- does that mean you'll be more effective and you'll come up with uh, better things once you're an adult than somebody who went to public school? Perhaps not. Well, but. don't don't downplay your own stat. I'll I'll take that stat on its face, you know. Um, and I I don't doubt that. And um, I also think that you you can't take any of this directly personally. Oh, no, I no, think no, that no. your school, even among its peers within the faith, within the conference, different things like that, I think it's a step above. Yeah, I think that they churn out a real quality education and. I, I say that largely because I've seen what their alumni have done, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, yeah, no, what they've gone on sure. to. So, but others, I mean, if you're not going to have chapel five days a week, then yeah. why would I pay more money than my Dude. property taxes to facilitate my kids? Yeah, education? Nobody's going to pay the thousands of dollars to have online 
school and in, in, in their room. Um, and I actually, I don't blame those parents at all. Like if I was a parent, that's something that I would have to really look at. Um, especially if you're furloughed, if you've been laid off, if you're a mm-hmm. single parent home. Uh, and again, you know, the beauty of school uh, for the mass, you know, consumer population of, of America and working population is that it locks those kids down from eight to three yeah. and you know where they are. And, you know, a lot of times kids get into judo and karate and baseball and gymnastics and track yeah. because their parents work a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Like they need to be committed to after school programs and uh, some parents need that early drop off and that late pickup after mm-hmm. all the extracurricular that you could possibly sign up for. <laughs> and that kid is in the hands of the state or the private institution from 7am to 6pm most yeah. days. And sp- yeah, sports and extracurriculars, that's a whole nother topic because, uh, you know, many sports involve, you know, direct physical contact. And also if you think about, uh, music and choir, like, you know, people spitting everywhere while they're singing and, uh, playing instruments. So that, that's another interesting, interesting thing that schools will have to deal with this August. Yeah. And they, the news keeps singling out different athletic programs that come back for little mini camps and stuff like mm-hmm. that and how they're getting COVID. And w- what's your take on, I, I've been watching a little bit of the coverage of the NBA bubble mm-hmm. and I saw that a player. So let's just talk about what that is first. So NBA is recommencing at is it Walt Disney World? Yes. In a bubble. Like they literally like, can't go outside right. of these buildings yeah. or something. I think so. Like there's a bubble where everybody in that bubble can't interact with people outside of that bubble. And so they put all the players up at a hotel. Their meals are all like prepackaged and delivered by yeah. people within the bubble. <laughs> Have we reported on the <laughs> weren't the meals like super lame? So I, I think I saw memes where people were saying they were likening it to the fire festival. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might've referenced that last week and that, that is funny, yeah. but that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about was now that we've kind of described the concept of the bubble, one player got suspended or no, he got placed into quarantine because he went outside of the bubble to meet a Grubhub delivery driver this mm. week. And so, you know, everybody was like, Oh, commending the, you know, NBA for being strict about this. And I I don't think he was happy and he just wanted some food from the outside and everybody's been, where did he order from? I don't know. Well, I mean, that that matters, dude. If it's an Arby's, that's irresponsible. Like, like (laughs) he, he, he he deserves COVID. I mean, I wouldn't drive to Arby's much less pay a (laughs) delivery fee. Yeah. So I'm just saying like that happened and every player has been griping and moaning on Twitter and Instagram. Like, showing pictures of the food in the hotel and like just these slight offhanded comments. Well, and I've, I've been seeing in these to go containers, it's like steak and mashed potatoes and lobster. Mm-hmm. And like the, this one player, uh, Snapchatted or Instagram to, it was a cryptic thing. It was like motel six. Huh? Huh? Okay. I see you NBA. Yeah. And he posted a very nice room with a huge bed. It was like, obviously a motel six deluxe or, yeah. You know, when they build those new ones, like sometimes the best option in a town is a Holiday Inn Express. Right. Those are nice sometimes. Oh, for sure. Depends on where you are. So what what's your take on that? Like, I mean, you're in this bubble because you wanted to play basketball and I, I think you're going to have to take some. <laughs> you're not going to get everything your way. Like, I, I think people should be 
appreciating that they have the opportunity to continue with these games. And if that means that you have to have like a PB and J and a queen size bed instead of a California King, like suck it up. Yeah. Um, it elicits a lot of different emotions and thoughts. Cause it's like, you know, a big thought that jumps to mind is shut up and dribble. And you know, well, I, I think that's different. Like I, I definitely think that players, cause that quotes more of like basketball players shouldn't be talking about politics. Now, if they're putting themselves in this situation and you know, they're not happy with the food and stuff. I think that's different than them being able to speak on what, what's going on in the world. If that makes sense. Like you're, you're still getting paid. Uh, you know, that's my whole point. They're obviously not taking into account what's going on in the world. I don't mean shut up and dribble. Like I don't think that basketball players shouldn't have a voice in modern discourse or even mm-hmm. political or civic matters. What I'm saying is that you're tone deaf. If that beautiful king size bed yeah, yeah, yeah. and that beautiful flat screen TV and this lobster in this to go container where you're in a bubble at Walt Disney World playing your favorite game for millions of dollars, and there's 40 million Americans that have applied yeah. for unemployment. There's people sleeping yes. under bridges every day. There's tent cities. There's single parents that, you know, all their bar jobs got cut and their kids at home and they're struggling with domestic violence. There's been a big uptick in suicides. Like yep. my dad talked to a sheriff the other day that said, um, normally we have attempts and not this many deaths. And he said that of, of the 10 suicide attempts that would happen pre pre COVID, you know, three of them would mm-hmm. make it and be, they would kill themselves properly. Yeah. He's like, we're batting 10 for 10 right now. Like right. nobody's attempting and failing. Right. Um, so I think it's tone deaf when you say that at the same time, are you a, a businessman, you know, exchanging services in exchange for money? Yes. Like, do you have every worker's right and right to the, the capital that you've created? A hundred percent. Sure. All that is true. Yeah. No, I, I, so I think I'm with you. Like, I think the shut up and dribble quote could be inserted into this conversation. Yeah. That's yeah. what I meant okay, it for. Th- then I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause I agree with that. And, and um, I, I want to clarify that what I think, what I think is right and what I think is tasteful or whatever are often two separate two different things. things like, yeah. I went on a rant a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the most American thing you could do is burn the American flag. <laughs> and if you just took that quote out of context, you could, I could be yeah. labeled a jihadist. You could, you could uh, take this podcast places, man. <laughs> I, I don't think that that is the tasteful thing to do on your front lawn. If you're trying to maintain face with the neighbors, do I think it's, the most blatant uh, form of freedom that we have. Yes. And from that perspective, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to exaggerate right. that concept. So I'm commenting more on the taste of yeah. once you have a $20 million contract, act like you've had that contract for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it's a new level of responsibility and it, it's, it crushes some people. Right. But yeah, now's not the time to be spoiled. Are there still notable like uh, people sitting out the season or whatever um, in the bubble? Because I know I, MLB I, had a big to do about. I'll that. be honest, like I don't, I'm not sure, but I don't think it's any of like the major, major players. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. NBA. 
This is why the PGA Tour rocks and is totally holding it down for us. I don't know. Oh, actually, I know you didn't catch Sunday's <laughs> no, workday charity open. Um, dude, coming down to the wire, it was like Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas and Morikawa uh, birdied birdied the last hole hmm. and i guess thomas thomas parted i believe yeah and so they went into a, a sudden death playoff where they were going to play 18 18 10 and 14 and then go back to 18 and dude uh justin thomas hit his approach shot onto the green but way far left he had a 50 footer with like 10 foot of break on this putt and he poured it in from like 50, yeah. 60 feet out. And he like yelled. He was like, yes. <laughs> and we're like, oh, snap. He just won his 13th PGA Tour yeah. event. And then Morikawa pours in a 24-foot putt Ooh. to tie him. So they go back to it. The next hole, um, I'm trying to – it. the drama on this playoff was incredible. And in the end, Morikawa, the second-year rookie – Dang. Ended up taking out 12-time PGA Tour winner Justin Thomas. Good for him. For his second PGA Tour win. And uh, so I've talked to some of my golf buddies, and it's like Morikawa is so exciting because it's, it's like, well, because he's 22. Mm -hmm. So it's like if he, he's won like two out of his first 15 or 20 starts, like, yeah. you know, that type of batting average out of the gate in this type of competitive environment like he could be a young phenom. He could be a Phil Mickelson in the right. making, you know, somebody that could post 20, 30, 40, 50 career wins. Yeah. So. Um, as far as NBA players, like a lot of them are opting out just because they were already injured. The main one that I see is Deandre Jordan of the nets. Um, he had tested positive for COVID. I mean, I think he's good now, but I think he's opting out for the rest of this season. Um, so like I said, it, I think the majority of like the big name players will be taking part. So we got NBA coming back. We got MLB coming back. Yeah, man. NFL? Um, Any NFL news today? <laughs> I feel like NFL has kind of dominated the news recently. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We have a lot of NFL news to catch Correct. up on. Um, so Mahomes, 99 on Madden. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of drama and controversy coming <laughs> yeah, out of that rating yeah. system. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are also mad at J.J. Uh, Watt uh, getting such a high score compared to somebody else. Christian McCaffrey was the 99 running back. Wild. Yeah, and then Dak was like the fifth best. People people were not happy with that one either. Yeah, I've been hearing so much about Dak just like with the stats and like, yeah, and yeah he's through yeah, for So yards, we're but... talking about the Madden video game for those that don't know. Um, each, I mean, Madden's been out since the 90s. Um. But each year, you know, we're all kind of seeing who they're going to rank the best player uh, within this video game. And so this year, it's been a lot of controversy to see how, uh, I guess it's EA Sports that decided to, or how they decided to rank these players. So, Yeah, it's been wild to watch. Yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey was one of the hot ones. Dak. So I heard an analyst on, I think it was Get Up the other morning, that was saying... Yeah, he threw for 4,900 yards, but some would say that some of those were kind of irrelevant. Like, if your team was tanking in the NBA and you had 36 points, but then you went to the free throw line a bunch at the end and ended up with like 44 points, 
It's like, yeah, but who cares? Right. Like he's he kind of deemed that they were padded stats in like losing games. Hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. Like yeah. Dak is he's put up such great stats, and there is there is this level of like we we don't believe it yet. Yeah, because he hasn't taken us to the promise. Well, apparently, line. apparently they don't they don't believe it because today was the deadline. I I knew that they weren't going to move on him. Yeah. Um, especially so, in light of Mahomes contract is yeah, like, exactly. Have you I, heard I about really all the psychology with that? We're like, now it's, that he's been paid that amount, like they can't oh, yeah. sign Dak in this time duration. Cause it's right. like, they're not going to pay him that, you no, know, no way. Um, did you see what Dak's brother tweeted? No. Um, so his, uh, Dak Prescott's brother said, there's a reason I was never a Dallas Cowboys fan growing up or before they drafted Dak after today, who knows how much longer I'll be cheering for them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess like hinting that. What's he up to? What's his name? <laughs> Tad, Zach. Tad. Tad. T A D. Dak. Tad. Chet. Wow. Oh man. Must be one syllable, three letters <laughs> yeah. with these parents. Well, that's cool. Uh, way to tweet, bro. Um, you know, Dak's yeah. still gonna make. 30 million something this yeah year? yeah so we'll franchise tag him and um, i got no problems with that in many ways because you know if we have him for the next year especially with the uncertainty of we never know what's going to shake out the next month or the next yeah. quarter or year with covid going on in this new norm plus we haven't really gotten to see like check this out what if you were a student athlete like an ncaa standout athlete and draft comes around and it's your time to shine and get into a new program and take your workouts and your reps and their COVID hits and you can't get drafted properly. Like yeah. we're missing a class or two of athletes coming up through the system mm -hmm. in every sport. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because I'm, because I always think about like, uh, how you, you hear older people. It's like, Oh man, I could have gone pro if it wasn't for my <laughs> bum knee. <laughs> and, like, and like now the excuse is going to be COVID back in, back in 82. You yeah. used to be able to throw a big skin quarter of a mile. <laughs> like, Oh, if it wasn't for COVID hitting, could have, could have gone pro. Oh man. I was a hell of a pig skin player back in the day, boy. But right. then the pandemic hit, <laughs> Yeah, took out my legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had us quarantining and couldn't throw a ball. Couldn't even leave the house. <laughs> All we I, had was nerf nerf balls. Yeah. I don't know, but that that is a real thing. Where no, I, yeah, it, wow. it is it is a realistic scenario for many players. I, I'm just thinking of all the people who use it as an excuse who wouldn't have made it regardless. Well, in the talent pool per public game that's being played and featured right now, especially with fans, like I feel like teams are going to have their choice of like. Well, which really well-rested player would we like to draft or yeah. re-extend or, you know, trade yeah. for or whatever? Um, I mean, Tom Brady's on the Bucks. Anything is possible. Like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I'm totally fine with them trying to see if he can throw for good yardage, but also take us to something better than what was it, eight and eight that we finished? Maybe, yeah, probably around there. Um, like we were supposed to win twelve games last year. Yeah. If we could get past the first round, that'd be great. Dude, if we could win the Super Bowl, like, you know what's fun? Baby steps. World champions, baby. Yeah. How does it feel to be in Kansas City right now and to have just signed Mahomes to the biggest contract in sports history? Incredible. This is, this is, Kansas has never been living this high before. He was, uh, they haven't been living this high since Wizard of Oz. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh there was this i forget what it's called but there was a golf tournament on nbc this weekend and it was featuring a bunch of celebrity players like steph curry and so teammates uh travis kelsey and um patrick mahomes played golf together and it was crazy because it's like on lake tahoe and mm -hmm. so like they had a gallery because all the greens are like right off of the lake. And so all these people are partying on boats and all docked up and like cheering on, the, you know, Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey and Mahomes playing golf against like Tony Romo and I think Justin Timberlake and all these crazy people. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was funny because the announcers for the golf tournament were just saying, boy, is he fun to watch? Like <laughs> just all the stuff that we were yeah. saying, like right. it's just so much fun to watch him mm -hmm. run offense, you know? Yeah, yeah that's great. He's, he's got larger than life aura brand going on right now hmm. speaking of larger than life aura somebody has dropped out of the presidential race oh snap none other than kanye west we just reported last week that he was running so and and now it's reported that he's dropped out the only thing i know about this is a tweet that i saw from anthony scaramucci okay do you know who that is no he was Trump's uh, press secretary for about 11 days. Okay. And he goes, so he tweets out, wow, that presidential run lasted a full Scaramucci. <laughs> and I was like, did Kanye drop out? But I didn't yeah. have time to. Yeah, he dropped out. Um, before that, Chance the Rapper had vocalized his opinion and in, in support of Kanye West and was saying that, you know, you know he would die on that hill and um was calling people that were wanting to vote for joe biden like racist and stuff um and then none other than actor terry cruz oh no <laughs> stepped up and supported chance the rapper and chance tweeted well i'm running back off this hill now just because uh terry cruz had had um agreed with him that's what made him realize he was wrong in everything that he was saying um but he was basically like, I don't get why people wouldn't vote for Kanye other than the than them being racist and every and you know white white black bro. no like every single race is tweeting at him like what does Kanye stand for like nobody knows his policies or anything and like chances it was just arguing with them all day he was trending on Twitter and then uh, Terry Crews supports him and he's like oh damn and and then uh, he's like okay I, you know he basically backed out of everything that he was saying. And then like a day later, it's reported that Kanye has dropped out of the race. So Chance was willing to die on a hill that Kanye wasn't even willing to die on for himself. He wasn't willing to trudge up it either or spend yeah. any time on it. I never saw him do anything for this. No. I mean, well, I he, knew it was he, a publicity stunt. Yeah, for sure. That's what I tried to tell you. You tried to. Well. OK, that's fair. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. But I I was more saying that like. I believe Elon Musk fully supports Kanye. Now, whether oh, whether you think the real brilliant one out of that duo was like <laughs> fooled? Yes. I don't think Elon gets fooled often, and he definitely doesn't get fooled by Kanye West. So what so he was just okay. Dude, so was, the purpose of it was just to troll? Dude, he he likes to engage with people on Twitter. He thinks it's I fun. Guess. He enjoys taking an Ambien drinking a little red wine, and firing up Twitter. He said as much on Twitter, verbatim. So, you know, he was feeling loose off the goose that night, and he decided, you know, there are no repercussions. How many billion-dollar companies am I currently running? Yeah. 
That's fair. Anyway, I do believe that. I'll, I'll never think that, hey, man, Kanye and Elon got together. Man, Kanye got the best out of Elon. That'll never be said. I don't know. I think there is a world where Kanye had put his name into the run, running sooner uh, before it was too late for several states. And that could Elon- you see? Could you see Kermit the Frog tweeting out, I'm running for president, and yes. Eli replying, if I fully support this? we live in 2020, this. yes. You could see that happening? That's e- a, oh, Elon doing it? No. I could see Elon responding to something like that because he wanted to create a gag. Like He's, very, right, he's loose with the replies. So I never thought that that was... My point in saying what I said a week or two ago is that the fact that media outlets picked up on it and said, Kanye West running for president... Elon Musk endorses with full support is a misleading statement because I didn't think that's what had happened. I thought that's fine. Kanye sent a cryptic tweet, first of all, because you didn't know based off the text if it was for this election or the next one, except that he did hashtag 2020 vision. Hmm. And it's not even a real hashtag because you can't hashtag numerals first. Right. So that all of that smelled to me. And then when he didn't have anything going on, there wasn't any launch of a political website or anything. And he wasn't going to mess with Trump. He likes Trump. The I Kardashians mean, are very embedded with Trump. They, they've they worked heavily together on prison reform. I mean, so let me ask you this. In a, in a recent news article, whenever he said that he was putting his name into the ring, he also denounced Trump and said that he does not support him anymore. Do you think that's also just a lie? Is there a video of that? It's it. I mean, it's it was a paraphrased editorial. Okay, that's fine. So that's what I'm saying is that the news reports on the news. Cable news is full of them reporting on other outlets and newspapers, actual findings. You can't believe anything that is fifth part. Like if the mayor said it to if the grocery store owner said something to a patron and then a reporter gets told that and follows up six hours later talks to another store manager she ends up connecting with the original store manager on the phone she hears the account from her perspective then she relays that hours later on the 6 p.m news and then cnn picks it up the next morning it's the rumor game it's that information is passed hands so many times so i'd be interested if that article included quotation marks insinuating a direct quote from kanye and even then kanye is a victim of bipolar disorder uh, a big creative ego and mind. And I, I think he's a tormented creative soul at times Yeah, and has said as much. So, you know, he might've denounced Trump and he might've been having a bad day. I don't know that he did. I think he would have just tweeted that had he really felt that way and was making a real bid for president. So I'm going to call BS on all of that, actually. That's fair. I just hope the album's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um next up will and jada sit down together we reported on this last week oh my goodness yeah thoughts (laughs) thoughts and hoes you know (laughs) Uh, yeah it's um good for her (laughs) first of all i thought that i thought that making a meme out of will was disingenuous because i didn't see a weak man sitting there no when i I, watched the real face that, that they caught was a very brief moment. Um, Not representative of no. his overall demeanor. No, I would agree. Did he want to be there? Nah, no, he was not. He was there for Jada. He was rolling. But if this is the decision that they've made, and, and I had a... When this first came out, 
you know, I thought that they might. Okay, so that they might what? I thought that people have arrangements sometimes. Right, right, right. Okay, so and let, it wasn't even that. No, so, so let's lay down the new the new news that we've learned um, from this red table talk that I was talking about last week. Um, so we had first reported that um, August Alcina had been hooking up with Jada um, and that Will had given him per- his blessing and that they were cool with it. Um, and then Jada tweets out uh, there, there must, there needs to be healing um, in this house or something like that. And so she gets on her red table talk with her husband and um I guess they're like interviewing each other and typically her shows are like an hour long, but they only spent like 13 minutes on this one, which I, I don't know. I think there should have been a third party interviewer uh, to ask them more pressing questions. Like they were able, since it was just them two, they were, they could answer just whatever they wanted and not shed light on other areas and that we, that we might want to know about. But anyway, um, yeah, Jada and Will both say that they took in August whenever he was down on his luck and they, they basically saved his life and all this. They kept calling him Augie or, or yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but Og, Og. Yeah. And so they're like, poor little Og, you know, we, we took him in, which that makes me even more creeped out. It's like, you took this guy in down on his luck and then. And then for him, then he turned out to be sexy. <laughs> well, no, not even that. But like, it was almost like she was kind of preying on him. Like, yeah, she was. No, don't the, turn it into like the a Smith oh, family like, just feeds on that's normal. That's gross, humans? dude. No, man, come into the chambers and yeah, get cut. That's disgusting. Anyway, they were basically saying that they did. Uh, Will did not give the blessing. So uh, they were separated at the time. You can't sleep with poor people, <laughs> like no, and not even poor. They they were saying that like he like. Well, what if they got him fixed? He up? was close to death. Like, well, whatever that means. Like he got back to healthy and viral, obviously. Yeah, I guess I don't know. How long is long enough, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a matter of uh, of duration. Like it, it doesn't matter how much time. Like there are billions of people in this world. You could go after somebody during your little fling that you that you didn't bring it uh, so he, he was I, the son's friend he's jay he's what's his name jaden's because Smith? i helped you i can't sleep with you brad <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's not gonna work buddy <laughs> no whenever you're in like a position of power like that and you're like way older way older he, he's they he, took him in he's as a celebrity as a, too he's a blue check too that okay they're child celebrity they're ch- that doesn't mean that all this i'm is telling okay. you is that if jada pinkett smith came at me I'm not a victim. We know you're not. You know, and I'm down on my luck, Brad. I'm sad. I need to be taken in by Jada. Take me to the red table. Listen, she's fine. <laughs> I understand that. She's gorgeous. Uh, this is the double standard because we're all like, you know, if if Will had been doing this, oh, you know. Yeah, it would have How been terrible up. would it have been? Because, because of Jada, it's like, oh, get yours, girl. You yeah, know, like, exactly. No, for real. Um, I Did I they do know, a good so job was- of like just putting it out there. So it was like, Hey, there's going to be speculation for a couple days, but now it can finally die down. Cause it's like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah. You they want to know they basically just dispelled everything that August said, like, cause August Alcina, you know, he, 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 yeah, he was like, you know, I was in love with her. We had this relationship and then they just cut me off and Jada's over here. Like, nah, he knew what it was. It was just a fling. So it's really like, 
um, he said, she said. And I think in this case, people are going to be Team Jada and Will over August. So it, I don't expect us to be reporting anything next week on them. We did get a new a new way to refer to all of that, though, now. Oh, oh. What, uh, entanglement. Entanglement. <laughs> We're like, okay, girl. I'm <laughs> right. in an entanglement with X, Y, or Z. Yeah, that was kind of the trending The streets thing. are going to be running with that one. <laughs> it's like, no, girl, it was in it. Like, we just got entangled. I love how Will was like, and by entanglement, I think that you should be explicit here. Dude, and Will, he kept using the word girth, which, I don't what? know. What? Yeah, just sound. He's like, I instead of like capacity or... Uh, anything or volume like he kept saying i did not uh you thought that i wouldn't have the girth to get through this with you like which was just very strange wording yeah that was weird yeah for sure (laughs) okay yeah um yeah i guess they talked about it and yeah that's it i mean and then then they moved on and i guess so are we yeah that's that's crazy um but glad they're back to happy and together. I didn't realize that they were so rock bottom four or five years ago and, you know, separated and they'd obviously done a pretty good job of keeping that under wraps. Yeah, thanks a lot, TMZ. It was pretty obvious that they were like, you know, even what we do in our married life or separated life, we'd just rather keep with us. Yeah. And I think that sub- subliminally they were saying like, wow, August has really spoken yeah. out of turn at every point in this situation. Like, yeah. save face, take the higher road. And pres- preserve the ability to maybe have a relationship in the future, or be cordial, or at least go play ball with Jaden or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> it's like hop on a track with our son. Like, oh. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, um, what you got? Well, we were talking about Dak earlier. Okay. Whenever his contract goes through, we start playing games again. We're going to have a new division rival. Ah, yes. The Washington, the Washington Arrows. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington. They speculated Warriors, which they also think is racist, but I don't know if that has an ethnic origin of any type because I don't know, man. Warriors it, have come from every tribe. It'll be fine for a hundred years, and then it'll be offensive. So we'll just rock with it now, and other people can deal with it later. Can you believe that they acquiesced to it and they're officially? It well, yeah, so when, I mean, all of their now. money. All of their money was in jeopardy. Of course they agreed to it. I don't know that it's going to go far enough for some people because I've seen, and I don't know if these are like just speculation mock-ups or what, but, you know, rumor has it, it could be the Washington whatever, and here's the new logo design. It's like, it's not that far off. It's like, they're still Native American. First of all, why is everyone calling them Indians? It's like we learned our lesson. They're Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. I said I said Indians on the last episode, and but uh, so is everybody. That was my mistake. Yeah. Mainstream media is saying Indians, right, right, right. and I don't Native quite. Americans. It seems like a big gaffe for like oversight yeah. with all the racial inequality work that we're doing as a country right now. When I'm like, why why are they saying on ABC or CNN Indians when it's like that's not what they are? Right. It's like. It's yeah. so silly. In the writing of this wrong, they keep getting the, the group's name wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm, I want to look up the the tentative name because I thought it was something different than that. Yeah, I think that the latest one that I heard was maybe the Generals or... Uh, let's see here. Something kind of generic. War Tribe. <laughs> um. So I had a, a question for you about that. Okay, hit me. 
what do they do about the likely 30,000 fans that show up to the first game out of the 60,000 capacity that still have old jerseys on with the offensive logo? Are we going to move? Like, can you be assaulted in a parking lot now that it's officially changing? Is this that moment where you're, libel or your um disclaimer stuff comes into effect where if i have a redskins jersey or if i say redskins like is that dead naming is that is that racist now because it's not referring to the team and can i wear old merch and memorabilia or is that now violation of like hate speech that's a wonderful question that i not thought of at all um, How many times you go to the Rangers game and you see like a Palmero jersey yeah. and you're like, he hasn't played here yeah. for 20 years or whatever. I mean, I, I have a Witten jersey that I'll be wearing to the Cowboys games for years to come. So Traitor, that guy. Well, it is what it is. Anyway, um, so, I mean, yeah, guaranteed people are going to be wearing their old jerseys. For sure. So I, I, is it a problem? I, will Will security make them change? Like... Here's something they could do. Those jerseys Trade are ugly anyway. So. I, marketing for the Redskins right now is already coming up with the trade in your Redskins jersey day where they will exchange. I, I'm just no speculating on this. I'm, oh, okay. I'm saying this is a prediction. This is a must-heard prediction on the weekly catch-up. The marketing team, it's like a gun buyback from the government. <laughs> yeah. They're like, bring us your Redskins memorabilia. We'll replace it with new memorabilia that is now socially coof. I guarantee you, Someone in the front office is already doing that. They're already putting the graphic together. Um, the the name that I saw was Washington Red Tails. Did we make any progress with that? Like, what's no, a red tail? The red tails are the the group of African Americans that were pilots. Um, and I want to say World War II, but I can't remember. Um, but they like helped with one of the battles. They're like, let's take one marginalized warring tribe and move it to another marginalized warring group. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Go Cowboys. Yeah. Couldn't care less. Honestly, <laughs> can't wait to beat y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shout out Thanksgiving. Let's go. <laughs> and also screw the Eagles and the Giants while we're at it. Yeah. Giants is insensitive to giant people. <laughs> Well, this, I mean, I talked about it last week, like Raiders and Vikings, you know, we, yeah. Anyway. What about all these birds, <laughs> the Blue Jays, the Cardinals, the Ravens? Damn. Dude, I got attacked by another bird this week. <laughs> what? This time a raven. What is up with that? I, I got to change out my cologne yeah, or I was something. about to say, your hair gel or? I'm like, <laughs> I need to quit using this bird seed gel. <laughs> but it's so uh. stiff. <laughs> Yeah, dude, oh, man. it brushed right past me right on Victory Park Avenue, walking back from lunch the other day, um, kind of grazed my arm, and I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> and uh, I could have cut through my shirt, my nipples got, I was just so scared, and then I just scurry on down the street with my mask, just looking over my shoulder like an idiot, praying that it doesn't come back for more, because the first time this happened, it did come back, it brushed me the first time. And then solid. Think about somebody. Think about somebody noticing the panic in your face, and they're like, "Dude, are you okay? Like, what's going on?" You have to tell them that it's a well, bird. Part of the reason I was looking around was to try to make sure that nobody had seen what <laughs> <No>. had happened. Because <laughs> I'm and to definitely. As long as no one's watching me, that's when I was. Like, man, are you okay? You're sweating bullets. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this raven. 
<laughs> they're coming dude i because i i i was upset with how much my body f- changed in that moment i was like i i did kind of develop a sweat a pan i was just like it's frustrating i'm like we haven't mastered anything <laughs> like well, i'm still in the food chain here with a raven in urban dallas so that's wild anyway um shoot those things if you see them <laughs> oh that's good um at some point in the podcast it doesn't have to be now but at some point i do want to discuss a notable new york times journalist leaving and i want to read her resignation letter okay for as long as you'll humor me because it's rather lengthy but it's one of the most perfect summarizations of sane people's take on the media recently perfect um yeah, let, let's we can let's do it closer to the end, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I want to get through these kind of fluff stories first. Um, for you know, well, fluff me, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the nope. fluff. I meant. <laughs> That's I'm about to buy a bunch of birds. <laughs> Come at me, bro. All right, what do you got? Um, Tory Lanes and Meg the Stallion. Yeah, Meg the Stallion. Has, Dude, that such a buried shot, headline, bro. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know she got yeah, shot in the, too. in the foot, I guess. Um, so let me read the report here. I thought that was the buried story when I saw it. It was like Tory Lane yeah, shot. Yeah. And then it was so, like he was also with Meg the Stallion at the so time. So TMZ received a statement from Megan the Stallion regarding the incident. And it's worse than simply injuries from glass. Meg revealed that she was shot in the foot twice, though she didn't reveal who pulled the trigger. Um, she had posted the narrative that is being reported about Sunday morning's events are inaccurate. And I'd like to set the record, record straight on Sunday morning. I, this is around 4 a.m. I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. I was never arrested. Um, I underwent surgery to remove the bullets. I'm incredibly grateful. All that jazz. Um, so Tory Lanes, what is he, like, R&B rapper? Meg the Stallion rapper, they uh, Kendall, uh, not Kendall, Kylie Jenner was also at the party that they were at. They were at this house party, and um, shots had been fired. Uh, around four a.m., police arrive. They find a gun in Tory Lane's car, and he was arrested um, and booked. Uh, for carrying a, a weapon and it, he was charged with a felony. Um, Meg the stallion, they said, you know, she was a victim in all this. She didn't get charged at all. Um, pretty crazy. Oh, wow. That story has gone from, did he get shot? No, I think he was just shot at. Okay. So, I mean, you see where this could go where it's like, he's in a car with Meg the stallion. She mm-hmm. has a bullet wound. He has a gun. And no bullet wound. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what happened here? Right. And how much has the story changed over the last 18 yeah. hours? There was also a third person with them, but that, like, they're keeping that person under that wraps. Was Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, August Alcina. Um, it could, uh, right. It could have been uh, Kylie, who was also at the party. And I guess we'll have to check out the Keeping Up with the Kardashians to. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be that. great if another murder happened in, in or around that family? I'm not going to say that'd be great. A murder got that family started, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. old Bob Kardashian got to represent uh-huh. old OJ. OJ Simpson. Hey, yeah. Twitter world. <laughs> oh, man. OJ. Oh, speaking of OJ, what's coming back? 
you tweeted it. Uh, what is OJ known for driving in that famous video? Oh, a Bronco. That thing yeah. is sick, man. Yeah, not the wow. not the yellow one. I didn't like the yellow one. Well, whatever. Like, but that, the body style yeah, was dope. Yeah. That bluish one. I saw uh, people trying to get on the wait list, and I don't know if they crashed the website or what happened. But that new Ford Bronco looking slick. Yeah, so. yeah. So let's see. Um, so bringing back the Bronco was a part of this strategy um, to play off Ford's greatest hits. Um, the Ford is also bringing the F one fifty back, uh, the the pickup, and it's getting Tesla like hands free driving technology. And they're also going to come out with a Mustang that's electric. Um, so the Bronco, which was just unveiled, uh, has removable removable roofs and do- roof and doors, a familiar chrome bucking horse emblem, rubberized floors. Um, yeah, but it looked pretty sweet. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it looks. I saw I saw some people hating on it. Whenever I saw the yellow one, I, I was kind of in that camp too. But um, I think it was just the color scheme. But they they, they look show all right. Me, show me anything that's great that's been launched where it didn't have haters as well. Yeah, you're not wrong. It didn't receive nearly as much hate as like the Cybertruck from Tesla, yeah. for instance, which um, is owned by Elon Musk, who's a Kanye <laughs> West supporter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's cool. Wonder if OJ will get one. He might. Shout out David the Psalmist for the lyric and the song that we just dropped. You know, man, we so timely. I know. He said, "Always got drive like I'm OJ in the Bronco." Man, do we see the future? Uh, That's what I'm. Every week, every week. Are you a prophet? (laughs) That's so Bradley. Because I'm a reverend. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. Signs of the times. I got my. I got an email the other day. Happy one month anniversary of being ordained Reverend Carson Gibbons. And I was Whoa. like, that feels right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I deserve this. That's email. on, that's on brand for 2020. Like, I just got an email from God. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, God's sending birds to attack yeah, you, bro. Seriously, he's like, he's like <laughs> in case that back plague doesn't get you, I'll send normal domestic birds to mess you up. Oh. You sinner. Oh, that's good. He's going to send that dove next. Man, finish the job, Lord. <laughs> Bring on the bubonic plague. Oh, uh, there there was a plague that no, there just is. came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways, Brad, and he's working all around us right now. Yeah. Because there's disease galore, and we're distanced, and mm-hmm. things are crazy right now, dude. Like Kanye West just dropped out of the presidential <laughs> campaign, according to the media. Yeah. The stupid profiteering media. They yeah. are so media's dumb. Backwards. I mean, I hope y'all keep listening to us, but we're not the media. Yeah. We're anti media. Yeah. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're just so entertaining. <laughs> oh, what what do we got now? <laughs> okay, so you ready for my media rant? <laughs> um Did you hear anything about Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon's been dropped. So there was I don't know anything about any of that. Was that on um dancing or AGT? No, or? he so he uh I don't think he's on AGT anymore. Uh so he he has that show Wild Now on MTV. Um okay. and so I guess Nick Cannon uh got on a podcast or a YouTube show or something and um he was I don't know, I guess he was being Wild anti out? he was being yeah. He was being anti uh, Semitic and just like who did, we reported about somebody doing that last oh, week. Oh yeah, the, the um, NFL player. 
yeah, it was kind of, it was almost like the same sentiments. Uh, you know, he was basically saying like, um, but anyway. Uh, I didn't see what that was. Dude, I just got a pop-up. What's that? You have a sponsor waiting. What does that mean? Someone wants to advertise on your podcast. What? I didn't know that they could like, s- dude, did we cross an activity threshold? Oh my goodness. This is happening live Tots, on air. You finally made us money. We did it. Uh, so who are we sponsoring? <laughs> I don't know, but it's screw this crap o'clock. It's time to <laughs> take a dump on our boss's desk, son. <laughs> we make yeah. money. I don't. Yeah. Distance Ed, we're in the classrooms. It doesn't matter. I'm not there. Yeah. Hey, Twitter world. <laughs> I'm podcasting full time. <laughs> it's like we just made five cents. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's like the weekly catch up was such a hit, but daily catch up really, really tanked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> daily catch up we say things like seven times the speed and so they can they can really pick up on our ignorance what were we just talking about before we got a sponsor uh, for the show nick cannon are you i mean are you not gonna i i don't even know i don't know what to do like i've never you gotta click on something activate it yeah activate what does that do ow isn't it just spam I don't know. I feel like it's a prompt to try to get us to activate sponsorships now that we're at a certain listener level. Crap, you think I can unsend this message from my, my boss? <laughs> Go into your send folder. <laughs> really jump the gun there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know anything about the Nick Cannon thing, but I did see that he'd gotten laid off and then uh, Tom Bergeron and the other chick on Dancing with the Stars got laid off. And I yeah. didn't know if that was due to anything other than them just getting laid off or if there was an underlying issue there or controversy um i was going to look at my twitter whenever this popped up yeah that's or actually Uh, i was going to look at show notes yeah i was i was trying to who did we report last week uh griff who no never mind it was some uh nfl player that we didn't ever name basically uh nick cannon was saying that black people are the true hebrews um, it's never hate speech. You can't be anti-Semitic when we are the Semitic people, when we are the same people who they want to be. That's our birthright. We are the true Hebrews. So, oh, well, that's exactly what that guy said from right. the week before. Isn't that like some Louis Farrakhan stuff? Like, isn't that like I would, I don't the know. Black Brotherhood or Islam or something like that where they think that that's their, yeah. their birthright or whatever? Maybe so. But anyway, he he was dropped uh, by the show, and now he's fighting. He wants uh, full control and rights to his show, Wild and Out. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, anyway, he dropped out, or he was dropped, I mean. Um, let's see. The only other show note that I had prior to this thing is uh, that Ghislaine Maxwell pleaded yeah, not guilty. I have that as well. On Zoom court. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I guess her court date is set for next July, oh, like July yes. 2021. So it's she'll a lot probably. Of time to die. Yeah, I was about to say, she'll definitely be dead by then. How funny is it going to be when she just gets COVID? Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, and all the secrets die with her. Yeah. Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton and oh, all of them my are goodness. just. Apparently, she's like been married. Like she's married. Oh, during the court case like it's she, so hard to get she had been she had been under she had been under an alias and like was married to this guy and um anyway um let's see what else oh uh tomorrow two new drake songs uh featuring dj khaled or i guess he's the one that produced them and 
We're going to get some new Drake songs. Hype about that. Uh, we're going to get some new DJ Khaled songs. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get him screaming, we're, we're the best. We are the we best. We the best. They don't want you to eat. <laughs> they want you hungry. Yeah. They don't. They want you to catch COVID. That's why we're going to eat up. Yeah. Bless up. Never play, never play yourself. Have you seen the new Geico commercial with him? No. Oh, my goodness. So this guy is brushing his teeth at the sink, and they're like, you don't want to brush your teeth? Need a motivational pep talk from DJ Khaled? And then DJ Khaled comes up, and he's like, hey, Devin, go ahead and do circular motions, my man. Go ahead and try it. <laughs> and so then he does a cir- one circular motion, and Khaled goes, another one. Love and it. then he does it again, and he goes, another one. And uh, it's funny. That's good. Um, I've been wanting to fit this into one of our podcast episodes. So since you're talking about motivationally uh, or a motivational speaker, have you heard of David Goggins? Yes. I'm, I've been reading his book, or actually I just finished it. Um, but for those who don't know who he is, he's this BA dude. who he was a, He's a retired United States Navy SEAL, um, and he served in the Iraq War. Anyway, he, I don't know, a couple, I, I wrote down a couple things about him that I learned, but um, he's the former world record holder for the most pull-ups done in 24 hours. Uh, the book that I read from him is called Can't Hurt Me, and it talks about um, just like his crazy upbringing, like he had an incredibly abusive dad, and him and his mom like finally escaped his clutches, and then his mom fell in love with somebody else, and then that guy was killed, and... Um, he, you know, he did terrible in school and all this different stuff. And, um, he, he decided, you know, to join and during his training, he had been diagnosed with a sickle cell trait and he had to be, he had to stay home for a week. And, um, when he returned that, that following week, he had been told that he had to restart his training, which if you know about, uh, training for the Navy SEALs, it's just this grueling, incredibly difficult task. Like if, if you're wanting to read something really inspiring and like just being able to push through, um, physical and emotional pain and different things like that. Um, he's just crazy and, uh, follow him on Instagram too. (laughs) Cause I mean, he, he's always just like running. He's like this really ripped dude. He actually had like fractured his foot or his knee or something recently. And so he's seen like on Instagram, um, he has his legs, up on a chair and he's like walking with his hands on a treadmill and he's like, they wanted me to stay out. He's like, but I'm showing all them, all these trolls saying that, Oh, they knew I'd break down. Well, this is for you. And like, <laughs> he's just like ripped and he's walking on his hands on this treadmill. And wasn't um, he like 350 pounds at one point? Yes. He was a huge dude because he got really, uh, he, uh it was after the first time he left training, uh, because of the sickle cell, um, he just started eating a lot and then he, f- I can't remember exactly, but something motivated him to get back and he had to lose like 150, 175 pounds within this limit. And he actually pulled it off. Like, uh, he was eating like tortillas and rice and, uh, <laughs> just hardcore cutting, ca- cutting calories in an unhealthy way. Um, but the, the, I mean, there's stories of him where, you know, the Navy SEALs, they're in the water and they're having to tread it and hold hands and, and just kick with their feet forever. And this, this, it's called dead, dead week. And it's, it's supposed to emotionally break them to, to ensure that, you know, they won't give up in the most dire circumstances. And, uh, he gets so cocky that he's like whistling and singing, um, 
to to the supervisor and you know just pissing them completely off and uh you know he he finished first he uh his second time around he had to do it three times first due to sickle cell the second due to like a fracture or something um but in that second one um oh what's his name i uh the american sniper um chris kyle chris kyle uh was in his squadron and they are known to be like the most crazy group that had ever joined and um they were just they would beat all other groups and in all the obstacle training and different things like that but anyway it's a remarkable story um and i highly recommend it so that's what that's what i read recently right on uh can i get that book from you when you're done will you bring me that gladwell book that you were gonna yes i'm sorry yeah i'm bad at that uh I, I would like I'm, that. I'm gonna try to bring yeah in hard copy. Talk, have you have you caught uh, Goggins on JRE? Um, I know that he has episodes on there, but I haven't listened to him. He's got one or two. Um, would probably prescribe going to those as well because okay. you know Joe is obviously a huge right. fan of the story and uh, they're personal friends now. And yeah. dude, when whenever Joe talks about the the text that he gets mm-hmm. from Goggins, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like because he'll text exactly like he does on instagram like right just get uh, up yeah just you know a lot of explicit uh, yeah. explicit words and <laughs> can't repeat it on our <laughs> yeah show hosted by yeah now now that that sponsor was just spam i guess we can't just let it fly on here like i thought we'd be able to <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't the church of latter-day saints trying to sponsor this show bro <laughs> oh man also wasn't the adventist which i think is a miss kind of messed up yeah, we could be a great marketing tool for them. Yeah, um, yeah, Goggins is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, inspiring. Yep, so I got you with that book, and I'll bring the Malcolm Gladwell. Thank you. I've been anxious to dive into that one. Yeah, um, I do want to hear your story. My story? The news editorial. Oh, well. Or we, do we have more? Um, I, I don't really, I'm trying to think like I kind of glazed over the week because we just talked about your yeah, birthday stuff, um, but I've just been working. Yeah. This was the deal when you walked in today. Yeah, you did. I heard, um, you were crushing dope. it today. I had a huge, uh, um, presentation for one of my master's classes and th- that's kind of <laughs> like that. I mean, that's just kept, uh, my whole week pretty busy. I, I spent a lot of the time we, on, on Sunday Monday and Tuesday prepping for that, staying up late and everything. But I think it went really well. I think uh, if I do say so myself, we were the best group that's gone so far out of the four. Um, just really prepared and all that. So I'm happy that that's over with. Um, there we go, showing that weekly catch-up humility that we got. I mean, if I you do know, say so myself, it, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, we 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 come up here, we tell the truth. <laughs> see the truth as we know it at that moment <laughs> yeah, that's fair Yo, that's, disclaimer our stuff be also true <laughs> okay um well we don't necessarily have to wrap after this but wanted to designate a couple minutes so sure uh, this this woman has also been on rogan several times they're pretty good friends at this point and i've differed from her um politically at times or just in her viewpoint over certain things uh but kind of heralded as maybe a center left center right center type person barry weiss Mm -hmm. she resigned from the new york times opinion posts that she's held over the last couple of years that brought her some notoriety and i started i saw this started to circulate on on twitter and 
what she had done is she wrote a letter, a resignation letter to the publisher of the New York Times, AG something. And hmm. she published it for the world on her website. And it went viral because it, it's one of the most measured critiques of somebody in the establishment of the establishment that, you know, a, a lot of conservatives, liberals, and even the establishment has to agree with to a certain extent. Hmm. So um, look her up on JRE, you know, read some of her stuff, take it with a grain of salt, but I do want to read this. Sure. Okay. So this is available at barryweiss.com, B-A-R-I-W-E-I-S-S.com. Dear AG, it is with sadness that I write to tell you that I am resigning from the New York Times. I joined the paper with gratitude and optimism three years ago. I was hired with the goal of bringing in voices that would not otherwise appear in your pages. First-time writers, centrists, conservatives, and others who would not naturally think of the Times as their home. The reason for this effort was clear. The paper's failure to anticipate the outcome of the 2016 election meant that it didn't have a firm grasp of the country it covers. Dean Baquet and others have admitted as much on various occasions. The priority and opinion was to help redress that critical shortcoming. I was honored to be a part of that effort led by James Bennett. I am proud of my work as a writer and as an editor. Among those I helped bring to our pages, the Venezuelan dissident Wuli Ortega, the Iranian chess champion Dorsa Derakshani, and the Hong Kong Christian Democrat Derek Lam. Also, uh, a bunch of names that I'm not going to go <laughs> through and many others. But the lessons that ought to have followed the election, lessons about the importance of understanding other Americans, the necessity of resisting tribalism, and the centrality of the free exchange of ideas to a democratic society have not been learned. Instead, a new consensus has emerged in the press, but perhaps especially at this paper, that truth isn't a process of collective discovery, but an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few whose job is to inform everyone else. Twitter is not on the masthead of the New York Times, but Twitter has become its ultimate editor. As the ethics and mores of the, that platform have become those of the paper, the paper itself has increasingly become a kind of performance space. Stories are chosen and told in a way to satisfy the narrowest of audiences, rather than to follow a curious public to read about the world and then draw their own conclusions. I was always taught that journalists were charged with writing the first rough draft of history, now history itself is one more ephemeral, ephemeral thing molded to fit the needs of a predetermined narrative. My own forays into wrong think have made me the subject of constant bullying by colleagues who disagree with my views. They have called me a Nazi and a racist. I have learned to brush off the comments about how I'm writing about the Jews again. Several colleagues perceived to be friendly with me were badgered by coworkers. My work and my character are openly demeaned on company-wide Slack channels where masthead editors regularly weigh in. There, some coworkers insist I need to be rooted out if this company is to be a truly inclusive one, while others post axe emojis next to my name. Still other New York Times employees publicly smear me as a liar and a bigot on Twitter with no fear that harassing me will be met with appropriate action. They never are. These are ter there are terms for all of this, unlawful discrimination, hostile work environment, and constructive discharge. I'm no legal expert, but I know that this is wrong. I do not understand how you have allowed this kind of behavior to go on inside your company in full view of the paper's entire staff and the public. And I certainly can't square how you and other Times leaders have stood by while simultane simultaneously 
praising me in private for my courage. Showing up for work as a centrist at an American newspaper should not require bravery. Part of me wishes I could say that my experience was unique, but the truth is that intellectual curiosity, let alone risk-taking, is now a liability at the Times. Why edit something challenging to our readers or write something bold only to go through the numbing process of making it ideologically kosher when we can assure ourselves of job security and clicks by publishing our 4,000th op-ed arguing that Donald Trump is a unique danger to the country and the world, and so self-censorship has become the norm? What rules that remain at the Times are applied with extreme selectivity? If a person's ideology is in keeping with the new orthodoxy, they and their work remain unscrutinized. Everyone else lives in fear of the digital thunderdome. Online venom is excused so long as it is directed at the proper targets. Op-eds that would have been easily published uh, just two years ago would now get an editor or a writer in serious trouble, if not fired. If a piece is perceived as likely to inspire backlash internally or on social media, the editor or writer avoids pitching it. If she feels strongly enough to suggest it, she is quickly steered to safer ground. And if every now and then she succeeds in getting a piece published that does not explicitly promote progressive causes, it happens only after every line is carefully massaged, negotiated, negotiated, and caveated. It took the paper two days and two jobs to say that the Tom Cotton op-ed fell short of our standards. We attached an editor's note on a travel story about Jaffa shortly after it was published because it, fail, it failed to touch on the important aspect, aspects of Jaffa's makeup and its history. I might be saying that wrong. Apologies. But there is still none appended to Cheryl Strayed's fawning interview with the writer Alice Walker, a proud anti-Semite who believes in lizard Illuminati. The paper of record is more and more the record of those living in a distant galaxy, one whose concerns are profoundly removed from the lives of most people. This is a galaxy in which, to choose just a few recent examples, the Soviet space program is lauded for its diversity. The doxing of teenagers in the name of justice is condoned, and the worst caste systems in human history include, includes the United States alongside Nazi Germany. Even now, I am confident that most people at the Times do not hold these views, yet they are cowed by those who do. Why? Perhaps because they believe the ultimate goal is righteous. Perhaps because they believe that they will be granted protection if they nod along as the coin of our realm, language, is degraded in service to an ever-shifting laundry list of right causes. Perhaps because there are millions of unemployed people in this country and they feel lucky to have a job in a contracting industry. Or perhaps it is because they know that nowadays, standing up for principle at the paper does not win plaudits. It puts a target on your back. Too wise to post on Slack, they write to me privately about the new McCarthyism that has taken root at the paper of record. That's chilling. All this bodies ill, all this bodes ill, especially uh, for independent money doing writers and editors paying close attention to what they'll have to do to advance in their careers. Rule one, speak your mind at your own peril. Rule two, never risk commissioning a story that goes against the narrative. Rule three, never believe an editor or publisher who urges you to go against the grain. Eventually, the publisher will cave to the mob, the editor will get fired or reassigned, and you'll be hung out to dry. For these young writers and editors, there is one consolation. As places like the Times and other once great journalistic institutions betray their standards and lose sight of their principles, Americans still hunger for news that is accurate, opinions that are vital, and debate that is sincere. I hear from these people every day. An independent press is not a liberal ideal or a progressive ideal or a democratic ideal. It's an American ideal, you said a few years ago. I couldn't agree more. America is a great country that deserves a great newspaper. 
None of this means that some of the most talented journalists in the world don't still labor for this newspaper. They do, which is what makes the illiberal environment especially heartbreaking. I will be as ever a dedicated reader of their work, but I can no longer do the work that you brought me here to do. The work that Adolf Ox described in that famous 1896 statement to make of the columns of the New York Times a forum for the consideration of all questions of public importance and to that end to invite intelligent discussion from all shades of opinion. Ox idea is one of the best I've encountered and I've always comforted myself with the notion that the best ideas win out, but ideas cannot win on their own. They need a voice. They need a hearing. Above all, they must be backed by people willing to live by them. Sincerely, Barry. Mm. Very true. Mic drop. Very pin, true. Pin drop. Yeah, you. I mean, the sentiment that, you know, you have to. I don't know if you go against the grain and what's popular and ruffle some feathers and they'll make a make your life a living hell um and and we live in such sensitive times to where you know you can't have a differing opinion you can't discuss a differing opinion yeah (laughs) not much less hold it yeah you know like i've had heartburn and uh, concern over things that we've just discussed on this show without even taking a stance yeah you know and I think that that was the thing that was articulated so well in this article or this resignation letter um, from my perspective was that, you know, she's not arguing like, you know, Black Lives Matter is wrong or Mm -hmm. anything conservative or anything like that. She's saying like your inability to even shine sunlight on For there to be a forum where you can come with your differing opinions. Yeah, it's it is. It's social justice warrior where it's like, I guess I have to use these column inches to scream this progressive viewpoint. And the sad part is like all the people that come to her off the record to say that she's right and they agree. And it's like, it's almost like there's this fake thing that we all have to abide by. It's like, hey, don't say the truth. You know, we're still pretending over here that X, Y, or Z is the norm or whatever the case may be. And if you show any level of pragmatism, pragmatism and discussion or or dialogue surrounding some of those untouchable things. It's just instantly problematic. Yeah. I mean, as an English teacher, like I've, I've one of the first few episodes, you know, I was talking about the books that I read with my seniors and we were talking about 1984 and like how they try to control your thoughts and all the things that you say and you can get in trouble for all those things. And it's like, that's why I still teach these books that were, that were written you know, so long ago, like this book was written before 1984 and it was like a glimpse into like this, uh, dystopic future. And, uh, it's so sad that, that it it can be relevant in today's world. Um, the attack on tangible items as representations of trains of the strains of thought or whatever, this is, I'm not arguing that the Confederate soldier in your local park shouldn't be taken down. I'm arguing that it's scary that it's like that inanimate object over there is creating inequality. It's what leads me to be concerned about what if I have an outdated Washington Redskins jersey? Is that now hate speech? Mm. You know, 
used to be I had to create a bad outcome to be a bad citizen. Yeah. You know, I regardless of my intentions, if I killed someone, I was a murderer. I had to go to jail. Sure. Now, if you mull something over, you did it. Like yeah. it, there's it's a scary progression that we are seeing to and especially with the intersection of technology, like I mean, how long until our Google search history is called into question or publicly available or uh, available as a, a heat wave within a, a technological lens, VR lens, where I can read your emotions, I can know if you're being truthful with me or not. Right. Um, that's scary. Like when we start uploading consciousness and, you know, becoming cyborgs, installing technology into ourselves where... You know, somebody's got to run the circuit board. Somebody's got to maintain the mm -hmm. master code base. And if they can see the different interactions that those, I, you see where I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's wild. It's terrifying. That's why I'm hoping that a bird kills me before <laughs> any of this happens. And I'm on a, I'm on a good streak uh, here. Yeah, man. Next one could be fatal. Uh, I can't wait to see what the next type is. It's like, <laughs> with all of this going on, young Carson Gibbons was killed by a raven in front of the office. <laughs> Oh, yeah, out of everything that could have happened, death by bird. It's like Carson <laughs> got bird flu and passed. <laughs> oh. oh. They crapped on him. <laughs> he got in his eye and he walked right out into the street, got hit by a bus. Now, I picture it killing me and then crapping on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One for good measure. <laughs> uh, Man. Well... <laughs> Oh, um, oh, oh, breaking news on Twitter. Anybody who's oh. verified cannot tweet right now. I saw that. Did you see they got Elon's? Yeah. They, so they he got hacked. Bitcoin link. Yeah. A lot of people got hacked, but anybody that is a verified account uh, has not been able to tweet anything for at least the past <laughs> hour. So the world is ours. Oh, I'm glad that I, I've held off on taking Twitter up on their offer to give me my blue check. Yeah. They keep hitting me up. They're like, hey, man, yeah. Mr. Gibbons. Right. Can we put this blue check next to you? I'm like, no. Like, no, we have a lot of people vying for our for our attention, you know? I'm like, I'm a reverend. I'm a yeah. man of the people. Yeah, I'm humble Brad, you know? I gotta I, stay humble. I gotta pray in the closet, baby, yeah. not not in the street. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't need a check mark. They know what I say is verified, all right? I check all their boxes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well <laughs> humble. Don't look at me kind. when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. don't, don't look me in the eyes with that grin uh why a little mischievous grin yeah you like it no that's what i'm telling you not to you don't like it i'm afraid i will oh yeah you're afraid of what i might unlock in you oh my goodness crazy times dude yeah so you got anything else um i'm ready to wrap this thing yeah man let's get some food are we getting roti? Yeah, we're gonna. Get, I need some chicken tikka masala. You, in my you life. don't want anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> my I, mind has been set since before we hit play on this episode. Brad, Brad, like looks for you to blink once in roti's direction. He's like, I can do roti yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, if you if you convince me. <laughs> yeah, man. I need some good naan in my life. We got Courtney in the day. green room holding yeah, it down. She's chilling. So we're gonna go get that extra hot. Chicken tikka masala, extra naan. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I got, let's see, I got two weeks left of two, two and a half weeks left of my master's classes. I got another big presentation 
on uh, Monday. So for those praying people, keep me up. Keep me blessed up in your prayers. Um, thinking, thinking I might end with all A's. Oh, wow. Willie would be so proud. Well. Maybe it's time to follow up. <sighs> Yo. I'm not going to tell that story. Tell it. No. Tell it. I was like, speaking of you following up. So I, the, the wider podcast audience doesn't know this, and I don't want to re-dig up all this history, but before my first startup, I, I was working for an agency for two years, and it was the best job that I'd had up until that point. You know, It was kind of one of those, you settled in, I found a groove, and we won some Addies, mm-hmm. sold a million dollars worth of business, life was good, and um, kind of quit in a, I guess, unexpected fashion for the employer, and they were less than happy with me. They were very frustrated with me. And that was uh, April 1 of 2016, April Fool's Day of the year that Trump got elected. So oh. stuff was already starting to go squirrely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we had no idea what was in store for us, but um, that, that was back when that's You've happened. really tallied up all this bad karma, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's all been, it's a domino effect. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it was one of those, um, kind of bridge burned estranged relationships with the former employer that historically, I think there was a, a big level of mutual respect and symbiotic collaboration going on there. And so, um, hadn't, haven't spoken with them since that time. Uh, but Friday morning I go get in the pod at work and a couple of the tenants from upstairs are, you know, obviously redoing their collateral or their about us team mm-hmm. page and taking headshots and all of this stuff. And so many people, casual people even do photo shoots on our street, like mm-hmm. at work victory. Um, I even saw a commercial on the PGA coverage on CBS on Sunday. And the entire commercial was shot at all the stores that are right next to my office. Oh, wow. Like you could tell, yeah. um, it was kind of wild. So lots of news coverage down there, media coverage, people doing photo shoots. Anyway, he was doing a photo shoot, the former boss mm-hmm. with these tenants. And I realized like, I'd been on photo shoots with him, like Miami and these different places. And um, he's total creative director, really talented guy. So I was like, oh, this must be a client relationship that he has. And a chill went through my body because, you know, that particular day I was dressed exactly like I would have been dressed if I'd (laughs) going into his studio. He was dressed exactly the way that I found him every day when I went into work. And for a brief moment, I was like, oh, I should run out there and just be like, hey, man, I've got a lot more miles into the tires at this point and just wanted to say I respect you and I hope that all is well and uh, apologize for being a hormonal you know emotional 25 year old years ago Mm -hmm. but then I didn't (laughs) because (laughs) I was just like I don't I remembered uh, we had a mutual friend John and I had a mutual friend that used to work there and this guy did not like him at all Mm. And I remember years later, he had come into the office one morning and told me that he'd had a dream where he was beating that guy up the night oh, before. Wow. This was my boss telling yeah. me about a former employee yeah. and uh, how much he enjoyed it. <laughs> like, oh my. And I just remembered that and I was like, you know what? I want to keep it cool with it's the like, tenants yeah. that I have to. <laughs> You're looking out the window. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of birds out there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think so, I'm going uh, to stay in this pod. But it was just one of those moments where 2016 to 2020 and I'd had a couple other kind of deja vu moments yeah. throughout the week that um, life is super weird, you know, and certainly is. I saw that circle back and, um, you know, still still would love to 
main, create a cordial relationship in the future. You know, I'm, that's not off limits to me. I just, I did remember that dream <laughs> that, that dream. he told me about. And I was like, Oh yeah, my, my willingness to move on may not be reciprocated. Right. So that's fair. <laughs> I don't know why I remembered that whenever I don't know. That's we were talking. I don't even know what I was talking about, but, and with that, now I'm ready to wrap. <laughs> Great. Um, any shout outs? Not really. Just all, all the usual suspects. Yeah. Great seeing everyone this past weekend. Um, any jokes from my dad? I don't he, think so. He, he said uh, you I, had messaged him I about had. my birthday, but he had stopped checking his, his LinkedIn because you had stopped telling his jokes. So he, <laughs> he, he, thought, you, he thought you were done with him. Man, my shout out goes to Dean Colvin. <laughs> I asked him to submit an audio clip for your birthday, but I think yeah. he had already he had caught it too blocked late. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> okay all right we got a we got a your mama and we got a back and forth joke all right i'll give you the your mama first your mama's so fat her blood type is ragu <laughs> which, which is gross oh man It'll work out your arteries Yeesh. um all right teacher kids what does the chicken give you student meat teacher very good now what does the pig give you student Bacon, teacher, great. What does the fat cow give you? Student, homework. <laughs> uh, uh, so my classic. shout out also goes to my fat cow, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. What who up? Is looking lithe and trim. What is what is the weigh-in this week, my friend? Uh, I, so I'm at 231. I'm almost in the 220s. Snap, dude. You're down 24 pounds. from. Yeah. All right. Looking good. Thanks, man. Just rocking the chubbies in a Patagonia. In my Patagonia. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, shout out to you for all the amazing weight loss, even Thanks, in your old age. Um, Appreciate it. It was Appreciate great to see love. everybody Saturday. Yep. Um, Thanks to everyone for listening. And all we right. will catch you up next week. Later.